Welcome inside the coaches room, the number one podcast for football coaches that want to develop. Every week we talk to elite coaches and backroom staff to hear about their experiences, how they develop and how they develop their players. This podcast is powered by The Coaches Room, the community where coaches meet each other, where they share knowledge and where they develop together. You can support us in two ways. One, subscribe, like, share, whatever you prefer to help us grow. And you can become a member. I'm a big believer in competition. And I believe when you're competitive, you're always looking to become better. So I like the drive that, you know, through all the methodology and the way we train, there's, there's always a competitive nature to it. And the intensity that I demand is going to instantly bring that along. And uh, I believe really if, if you're competitive, you're always going to look to get better. You know, you win, you're going to look to get better. You lose, you look to get better. How you're going to improve. With the national team, it was once a month, six times a year, for a short period of time. But those 10 days that you spent with the national team, at the end of it, you felt like you were there for 30 days. You really felt trained. You needed a week off, like just to relax, because it's it's really on. Those seven to 10 days that you're working, they are intense. It's non-stop, and it's just work, work, work. But it was, it was a really good experience. Really enjoyed it. In this episode, we talk to Michael Valkanis. Michael is an Australian coach with Greek roots that coaches Kas Open. Kas Open is a small Belgium club that plays at the highest level. Three months ago, he stepped in to be the head coach and to keep the team from relegation, in which he succeeded a couple of days before we recorded this podcast. We talked about the moment that he stepped in as a head coach and took over and how his experiences at the Greek national team helped him to create clarity for the players. We talked about how he created a presentation on his first day as a head coach, which he prepared the whole night before, and how in this presentation he put the team central again and created a rule set around this. And like almost all coaches, we discussed the relationship between players and coach. Very interesting episode, very interesting coach. I think a really inspiring story on how he dealt with the relegation struggle. So please enjoy this episode with Michael Valkanis. Michael, welcome inside the coach's room. Hello, Jan. Nice to be here. Good to have you. Good to have you. Um, what's it behind? Are you like in the restaurant of the club, by the way? What is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually. Yes, I am. I'm in the <laughs> in the business uh, part of the club in the business room. There's obviously nothing going on here, and I thought yeah. I'd take uh, this opportunity to speak away from the office where the rest of the coaches are actually doing a little bit of work. It's your nice, but are you are you viewing the pitch? I'm actually. Uh, Behind me is the main pitch. In oh, behind front of me, sir, I can see to the light, yeah. Yeah, and, and in front of me, I can watch uh, some of the academy training while you okay. speak to me. 
Okay. That's nice. Is it something that you do once in a while, watch the academy? Yeah, I do, actually, in the afternoons, especially after we've done our work. And most of the academy work's done uh, after 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And I tend to take a walk and have a look around. I, I enjoy that part of uh, football as well. I did spend quite a lot of time in academy football and, and developing youth players, so I take an interest in it. After all, I think it's the future of our game. And watching yeah. young players is always exciting and always nice to be able to look at some talent. And it does with something I can imagine with the youth players as well as the first team coach stands to watch their training, uh, maybe a little bit extra motivation, moment to show yourself. Uh, okay, yeah, it, it is. Uh, most head coaches are very, very busy, so it's not normal that that he walks around the youth training sessions and and, and has a look. Yeah, look, I think it's it's nice when you take a bit of a breather and have a coffee to, to walk around and have a look at how the other coaches are working and, you know, looking at the exercises and the young kids and the talent. And look, you tend to remember even when, when I was young and I remember being out on the grounds as a South Melbourne Hellas junior in those days. Um, yeah, it was exciting when you saw the senior players or the senior coach walk past. It's like you've got a, an extra burst of energy to to try and show yeah, yeah, and cool. showcase your talent. So, no, but, but I enjoy it because I think it's important always uh, as a head coach of a club to show that connection with the academy and that those players feel that there is that connection. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to walk around even to have that relationship with the coaches I think is very important. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, well, so we know where you're sitting uh we we don't know much about your office but maybe you can share a little and I, i always start with the question you have your office and what's the most important that it's there that's there in in your office yeah there's that's a good question there's a couple of things it's it's not just one thing uh i think uh, one of the most important things for me is uh the laptop <laughs> Sure, sure. We are I modern think, laptop coaches. Yeah, no, look, I think we, we watch so many games and we analyze, you know, we, we analyze training, we're analyzing the next opponent, we're analyzing our own game, you're watching your own game. So there's so much to always watch and download games all the time and then to even take it home and have it prepared for home. So, yeah, I think it's really important, but I love a whiteboard. Yeah. I absolutely love a whiteboard. I'm not a, a magnets uh type person and moving magnets around, but I love drawing on a whiteboard sure. and or planning the week on a whiteboard or drawing up a session or even doing tactical stuff on a whiteboard. And, you know, sometimes uh, it takes a whole uh, life in itself, the picture that comes up in the end. And sometimes people have a good laugh here, but I, I like expressing myself on the whiteboard. So that's very important. But always, always, one of the most important things is a picture of my family, my boys and my wife, because uh, even now we're – I'm spending a little bit of time away. It's probably the first time that uh, I'm away from them. I'm in Belgium. They're still in Greece and Athens. Uh, it's nice to have a look at that picture and remember why you're working hard and what those important yeah. people are. You know, there's a big sacrifice when you're living away from them as well. You miss that day-to-day -day of being able to hug your kids and give them a kiss and, and speak to them. So, yeah, having a picture of them in front of me and knowing what I'm doing it for is very important. You have now all the freedom let's say, to go nuts and work your ass off because there's no time that you well can spend with your family so you can go like a maniac on football. At the yeah. same time, it is, okay, uh, I had the biggest downside that, that, that's not, that they are not there. So it's an interesting balance to find for yourself as well. 
Yeah, it is. It is. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. You do spend a lot more time now because, you know, you, you're thinking, well, I, I can't really go home and be a dad and spend some time and that quality time. But you still try to find that we're lucky enough yeah. to in these days with, with you know, our telephones, we've got FaceTime and we can, you know, I can answer my son's questions or he likes to call me uh, after his training session and, and run through exactly what they did, how he did it and so on. He wants my advice and, you know, he's at that age, he's 16, where he wants to speak about football with his dad. So I, I, I really cherish that moment. I really enjoy yeah. speaking to my boys about that. I've got uh, four boys, but three of them play football. Okay. And uh, yeah, in the afternoon after I finish work, I, I spend time with all three of them on FaceTime uh, talking about football, their training and how they went and so on. But it, it does, yeah, it's given me the opportunity as well to really focus on my work and spend a, a lot more time and really not having to worry uh, if I leave the office, even at seven o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Yesterday I left a quarter to eight and I said, I didn't realise it was quarter to eight, yeah. and I thought, "Geez, I've got to organise to get some dinner as well." Yeah. Uh, before you know it, time passes, and you know that, that's football. I think uh, not only the work you have to do, and it's never enough, and you're always trying to find doing things better way, or you're always trying to look at the opponent and where's a weakness. Maybe you're missing something, or, or you're looking at training and seeing how you can do things better. You're always searching for that perfection which I don't know if you're ever going to find it, but you're always searching for it. Um, but at the same time, within a football club, you, you never stop talking about football. You always bump into someone and you're going to talk about something else about the game. And then you walk down, you see the kitman, it's about something else. You walk out, you see the the groundsman, the groundskeeper, and you, you, you know, you're speaking to him. So it's football, football, football takes a big part of what we do and what we say every day. And then... And then you actually do go home, have dinner, and the Champions League's on. And again, you put football on. So I was actually thinking about that last night. It's it's amazing. Football is just a big part of our lives. Yeah. How is that for you? Because um, you're now working at Casa Open for a year, took over the first team, I have to say it correctly, like three months ago, um, you were fighting relegation. At the same time, you have unlimited time to solve your problems. It, that almost feels like a trap or that you could, you can never, you could work always. There's always something because it's also so relevant for you. You have to get the team above the line uh, or, or de well, defend your spot in the league. Is, are you somebody that can then say, okay, after a day at Corp, okay, now it's enough. I've done it. Or are you the guy that is never enough? I'm at home, I keep continuing. Yeah, I think you, you go home and you keep continuing thinking about it and then you try to switch off and then you go to bed, you lie down and you start thinking about it as well. And then yeah. you might wake up during the night and you think about it. And, uh, you know, especially at the beginning um, when I first came and there was a lot of things to actually have a look at and, and get to know the players, get to know the players and so on. You know, I'd, I'd make sure I get up early in the morning and uh, get started working at that early hour where it's quiet and, you know, you're fresh, you've got a lot of energy and, and you see things a little bit differently after you've had a night's sleep, I think, as well. So yeah, it never stops. It never stops. And, it, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult task as well, taking over during the season and you're actually inheriting uh, the situation that is. And, you know, when, you, when you're battling relegation and you're, you're battling the situation we're battling, that also comes along with a lot of problems, obviously, that a team has had. And uh, you need to be able to, to say, right, 
especially when you take over, what is the most important things that I need to tackle? And uh, I love I love implementing a style of play. I love creating an identity with a team. And that's where you've got to be really careful, I think, when you come in um, and you've got limited time on what you actually work on and what you actually focus on because you need results. You need to make sure you keep getting the points or you know, you're, you're, you're responsible for a team that could be going down. And it, it was interesting when I did take over that first night, I received a message from, from someone at the club that has been here from day one uh, while they've been in the Pro League. <clears throat> and he sent a message and he said, Michael, please make sure our, st- our team stays up. Please help us. And that hit home. That hit home, and you know, I was sitting there ten thirty at night, just relaxing, ready to go to bed. And I thought, I got to start working again because you realise you're taking on a huge responsibility. It's not only about yourself, but it's a lot of about other people's livelihood as well, and uh, what could happen if the team goes down to the second division. So, yeah, it's it's a huge responsibility. We love we love being in football. Obviously, that's why we're in football, and you know, we're, we're. we're lucky that we're in football, but a lot of responsibility comes with it as well, uh, especially at the highest level when you are responsible for a lot of people's livelihoods as well and, and you know, knowing that they're looking after their families and so on. So there's there's a lot to think about. It's not just uh, uh, being able to implement a style of playing and an identity and romanticising that you're going to make that happen. That, that's That's nice as well. But there's a lot of other things that go with it, and it's a huge responsibility. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. What was the the first thing that you? Okay, you cannot change too much. That's what you already said because you don't simply don't have the time. Um, it is you told me is your second role as a head coach. You were interim coach at Melbourne for a short time. Yep. So this, this is your your second time as a head coach. Highest level, Belgium. Okay, uh, you're not the most experienced coach, head coach. Maybe let's say half a year in the bag. Um, what, what were what was your first thing that you took? Okay, now I need really need to do this. Or what was your own idea? If I'm going to start with this, I'm, I said yes. What was the thing that you paid most attention to? Yeah, I think uh, from having experienced. Uh, I'm not saying you're an inexperienced coach. No, 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 no. I understand. Yeah. Uh, Having experienced certain situations in the past um, and having had uh, the time as an assistant here over a month and a half only before I took over. Ah, sorry. uh, Yeah. So, no, it wasn't a year. No, because I came uh, as soon as I finished with the Greek national team. Uh, I had a break for oh, sure. one and, and, yeah, and, and then I came in January here. So, um, yeah, I, lo- I watched a lot of uh, Cass Open's games, a lot of footage. There's only so much you can take in until you actually get to meet people and see them working uh, up close and personal on the, on the training pitch. But after a month and a half, I realised that uh, there were obviously a lot of issues because the club had started off tremendously well in the pro league and for a small club they were up top for a long time just for the listeners after 10 games they were on top yeah yeah and it was a surprise for the league and and they'd done a really amazing job and then uh it took a turn 
towards uh, the negative side around about November. Around about November, for whatever reason that was, I wasn't here during that time, and uh, they struggled to actually get a win until uh, January. Um, things took a, a downturn, and they didn't really recover. Um, I came in here as an assistant in January to, to try and help out, see how we can help. Um, I noticed that for me personally, and I and I had a word then at the time to the to the head coach. I felt that you needed to get them together back as a team again. I felt there was a lot of uh, fractures within the team. The team wasn't a team, and relationships didn't really exist. So I knew that once I took over, I really had to focus on that because we. A lot of people forget, and a lot of people treat. On the outside, I think people think football is a little bit like a PlayStation game, like a manager's game, that, you know, you can buy a couple of players, transfer a couple of players, bring them in, look at the data, it says 89, 78, yeah, he'll do. The data looks good, and then you simulate the game, and it gives you the result, but in real-life football, it's nothing like that. You know, you are really dealing with humans and not footballers. They're humans first, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of emotions with the game, and they obviously did have a lot of highs here and then they, they reached the very lows. So a lot of stuff had gone down and straight away I knew that I was going to focus on speaking to every player one by one. I was going to focus on speaking to every staff member one by one and I was going to try and make them a team, which doesn't happen overnight. And I actually said in one of the interviews that I did in my first press conference that I'm not Harry Potter. I can't wave the wand and it's going to happen overnight. Yeah. But I know that... Um, with with the values that I carry, that I believe in, that I will turn that around and I will make them play and fight like a team, if anything, and they will survive. And uh, we worked on that. And you know, as a head coach from day one, you can you can obviously state your claim and say these are my standards, these are my rules, these are my expectations. And I felt that that was even more important than even the game style and the way we we're going to play. And to tell you the truth, the, the biggest difficulty for me is the style of playing, the philosophy I believe in. And um, in my experience here, I've had to adapt a little bit to the situation and to the players and, and really the situation that we're in and to really get results and to try to get the best out of them. So it, it's really been a great experience for me personally with the way I see football and the way I want to see football played. And to try and come in here and really build, I think, first a life philosophy first that's going to guide us in the way we're going to play and then implement a type of game style and a, and a game model that I think will help us get the results we need to, to stay up. And uh, luckily enough, we sit here now and, yeah, it's, it's well, worked. We've survived, which is fantastic. So mission accomplished. And it hasn't just been smooth sailing. Coming in at the time when I came in, I could tell you, Jan, I looked at the fixture and I said, oh, this is not going to be easy. <laughs> I had uh, Ghent, Club Rouge, Aderlecht, uh, Union Saint-Gilloise, who are on top of the ladder, and then well, Aderlecht again for the cup. Everybody was almost on, to oh, uh, yeah. on top of you, so no game was, was yeah, easy. But, but, but yeah, but this was the top These were the big, big, big clubs, yeah, for sure. And, and and I remember when I came in as an assistant, I was actually... I was actually um, told by the head coach and the rest of the staff, have a look at the fixture list 
they said in January we must pick up points because in February it's going to be very difficult. And I looked yeah, at it yeah. and I thought, Geez. somebody somebody <laughs> calculated the expected points. Yeah, February course. to April zero. But yeah, yeah okay. it, it was going to be difficult. So yeah, it was always going to be a, a mammoth task, a, a big challenge. But I also liked it. I also liked it. I liked it as a player, having the big challenges, and I liked it as a coach oh, as well. Oh, when you say that, you start smiling. So you like to fight. I the like challenge. it. Yeah, yeah, uh, because you, you challenge yourself as well. You've got to, you've got to really dig deep within yourself to change situations like this. And and honestly, you, you can't be a Harry Potter. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of talking, a lot of, you know, managing people and, and listening to them and observing what's going on and. And, and try to put, you know, certain standards and expectations in place and, and really stick to them for for the, for the time that you're here. So I've been really happy. I've been really happy with, with the energy we've had, with the way the players have responded, apart from the last game, where I didn't really like the result. But it could be a combination of finding out you've survived the night before and the pressure you've been under for the last three months. We've just had every game has been a final. Yeah, every yeah. game has been pressure. And you know, you, you look at the results below you. You're always comparing. We, we got to win. They're catching up. It's it, it's been a real just a real to give experience. Some context: you last Sunday you lost five zero to yeah. Genk, but halfway the match you knew that your uh, the, the the teams that you were battling for relegation was going to lose. You were going so, to make it to last Sunday, right? Yeah, we knew from the night before. Oh, night before already. Okay, yeah, sorry. we knew from the night before. So, oh. and and I knew this could work one way or the other, and we were very, uh, we were talking to the players and for more week. You know, I don't care about that result. I don't even want Or to look at that result. This is what coaches do. We only look at yeah. ourselves, but you know, yeah, we yeah, prepare yeah. our game, prepare to go there and play. And Genk, of course, had a very very important game, so they can make top eight to make the Euro League. So they needed, they had to win. So their mindset was like, this is a grand final. Our mindset, whether we like it or not, as much as we say it, as coaches, players were like, yeah, we, we've survived. It was like, yeah. we've done it. We've, we've mission achieved. But I was like, when you analyze the game, they're young, and you look at the score, and the score always tells a different story to, to what we would like to say as coaches. Like I look at the first half, and, and I was watching it again this morning. I was thinking how good we were. And how difficult we made it for for Genk even to have an attempt on goal, and obviously there were two penalties. I, I don't really like to talk about them because then I'm going to be negative about VAR and and the influence of VAR, and and sometimes I question why we even have VAR. I don't think it's helped the game at all. And um, you know we went in at halftime two nil down with two penalties, so it was always going to become a difficult situation. We thought we'd turn things around like we do, and we we had a bit of a change in the game plan, but. We considered a very quick goal within one minute, so yeah. straight away. So it was like game over, and we were like sitting there. It looked like the players were going through the motion, and no matter how much we we wave and we shout and we, no. you know, there's one more game to go, and we've got to prepare for that one to finish on a good note with a really good performance. It's at home against Ostende this week. Right. And hopefully, we can get a win and mission accomplished, and look forward to the next season. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, is it okay? It's it's human behavior what you saw last weekend. Yeah, it, you cannot. You of course we are coaches. We're always like it's like the same. Like you're five zero up at halftime. No, we want to have the same result in the second half, and every player slows down almost any time. It is yeah. it is natural behavior. Okay, only the elite with the top mindset, whatever they are above any result. 
they only are task or this is my assumption but task oriented mm. but most of humans human nature says okay uh, relax relief uh, we are there yeah, it's also I, I think mindset is also like like a muscle in itself that you have to train sure. that i completely you, agree you have to train it and i think when you when you've had a, a year of ups really highs high emotions and really great emotions and the worst kind and whatever goes on I, I, I don't want to mention you know some of the issues that were were here then you know situations where the greeks have a saying when there's a crack in the glass there's always that remains that crack remains and when things go to shit if i may say that crack sure can come open so you can swear in this podcast i don't care yeah that, that's good <laughs> so so what i'm what i'm trying to say is that the situation came where the week before we, we played against Mechelen and we received a red card very early in the game it was 1-1 and we we battled on against a very good Mechelen and I thought it was one of our best performances with 10 men and in the end we nearly got the three points yeah. and that was a different mentality, that was a mentality of we need the points, we need to survive the week later you went down 2-0 okay, I thought we were performing really well and I really believe that at halftime we have every chance to turn this game around. But in the end, yeah, it was a sort of a, okay, yeah. we've survived anyway. Yeah. So it's, it's training that and changing that mentality and that takes time as well. And that's, you know, maybe work you've got to start from the preseason and starting with the new season. Yeah. There's, there's two things. Um, you said, okay, when the moment I stepped in, I was very clear on how I want things. So this is these are my rule. This is my rule set. This is what I expect. Is that a choice that you made because of the moment and and uh, because time was against you? And would you normally get players more involved on how to set, let's say, the culture? But now in this case, you choose the culture, or is that something that you always do like that? Whether I started halfway or I started at the beginning. Uh, I will put in place certain things, standards and expectations that that, that I expect and I demand. Um, I'm a firm believer in putting the team first, always, above any player. Um, not that, you know, everyone, you, it's a team of individuals and sometimes you've got to handle everyone a little bit differently, but the team is the team. The team comes number one. And I really, really believe in um, that you're going to play the way you train. So my training standards and what I expect of training are, are very high. I demand uh, intensity and I train in a certain way. And um, I knew I had to change that straight away. I wasn't a fan of the way things were working. So um, there are certain stands, standards that I expect and even in terms of bringing the group together. And I think uh, even for here, uh, Corona had a lot to do with the way players integrated, you know, with rules that came about, how you dine and how people have to be separate and so on. But Corona sort of went past and a lot of things didn't change, even in this environment, where I thought, you know, little details of how you dine as a group, that you dine all together, I thought had to be changed to yeah. bring that group together again, that everyone is communicating, everyone is integrating again, instead of... Uh, you know, everyone eating separately breakfast and, and lunch and, or taking lunch at home. And and I knew, listen, Corona's over with here. Rules have changed. We need to change it. So or even focusing on how the table settings were, 
to bring people closer together. So it was little details like that, or you know, having certain meetings and bringing people closer together to to integrate and talk and to make that team again become the team that they were at the beginning of the season. So yeah, there was a, a lot of focus on that and bringing the team together, and at the same time through methodology and the way you train and demands in training and certain exercises that you do to really bring the group together and lift that energy. And even as coaches, sometimes we've got to remember what it was, what it felt like as a player as well, what we wanted as a player, you know, turning up to training, especially when you're going through hard times. I think you can really focus on, on lifting that team energy before you place the player in the environment to start learning and to start yeah. taking in the information that you want him to take into. So, yeah, that was, that was the main focus. And, and sometimes I, I don't think it's rocket science, but you've got to be really, really conscious of of bringing all that together before you put the learning in place. And I think whether you're coaching kids or you're coaching seniors, I'm a firm believer that they have to have fun, they have to learn, and they have to work very hard. And when they go away with those three things, players are always happy. That's how. That's why they started. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And when when so so outside of the pitch, I think it's clear because what I was thinking about when when you were saying that you also I I also believe that it is uh, good to have players involved in goal setting, but also in making rules. Like if you have more time, let's say preseason, you bring the group together. Okay, what are our values? What do we think yeah. is important? Instead of I am the coach, I think this is important. Um, but I I think you. Well, this is my assumption, but I think you clearly saw what was missing in the team at that point, and you 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 changed some details when, and that's why the team became centered again. And then yeah. you don't have, you don't have time to sit together in a room. Okay, what do you think? What's your opinion? No, we have ten games left. For example, I don't know how much, but we need to be a team now. And um, uh, and these are the things that I'm going to change because of that. Yeah. Oh, look, when I found out. Uh, the night before I started, I found out very late in the night that I'd be taking over the next day and I spent uh, the next four or five hours uh, working on a presentation. <laughs> All night working on a presentation. Then I got up early in the morning again just to complete the finer details because there were certain messages that I wanted to put across and I knew that, you know, that very first presentation is very important because, you know, you're really going to – you might have been an assistant coach but now you've got to show one, I'm in charge, I'm the head coach and these are – the standards and expectations, and this is what I'm looking at changing. So there were, I was, and I told them from the beginning in that presentation, I'm going to be totally honest because I've been lucky enough to come from the outside and just live in this environment for the last month and a half. And more or less, I've been a neutral and I've observed and I've been able to say that A, B, C, D, I have not liked. And if we're going to change, we're going to become a team, we're going to survive, we need to do A, B, C, D, and we're going to do it this way. And at the same time, you, you brought up a good point. Um, you've got to get their buy-in as well. So certain rules, um, I brought in a leadership group, which I believe I had a look around from the month who we needed to integrate uh -huh. within the leadership group with the, the leaders that existed, but also some uh, some other boys that would be important, you know, to represent a younger group sure. of players because we've got a lot of younger players and so on and we brought them together and there were rules obviously that I put in place that I had uh, that I said we're not going to change that but also there were some rules that I could say okay what do you think how can we manage this situation and, and let them have a bit of a buy-in and, and a decision in that but I was you know 
I think, and I really tr- truly believe that the players were actually crying out loud for that. Yeah, they they wanted imagine. that direction, and no matter you're in a professional environment, but it's funny, you know, you've got a lot of uh, professionals and experienced players, but they still want that environment to have rules and standards, because it just allows everyone to live within that ecosystem in an easy way. Yeah. It's just like in your own family. You're still going to have some certain rules within your family. Rules give imagine. freedom as well. Yeah, rules, they do. Rules, they do. rules give yeah. freedom. Yeah. yeah. And and they let you within that environment then, you know, find yourself and explore yourself and you're just guided that, yeah. you know, everyone can be disciplined within that and, and make the team come alive and make your, your philosophy come alive. And I think that they were just – relieved then that there were rules in place for everyone yeah that everyone yeah, could abide yeah. by without you know, and we're talking about rules we're not talking about being uh, headmasters of school and saying you know tuck in your shirt lift up your socks make sure you're tight no i'm not like that i'm just talking about normal rules normal rules of you know how, how we behave and what are the expectations of time management being on time you know simple things like that so yeah it, it's amazing sometimes that environments uh, forget the very simple things that can help uh, an environment and a culture just run a lot smoother but then yeah. again you know you're, you're talking about that and the most important thing is and that, that you live out all those rules and all those standards and yeah and because, you have to be yeah. uh, i can imagine the first three four weeks you have to show in every role rule the best example yeah. Uh, yeah. because yeah you set the culture at that point yeah 100 percent and uh Uh, like it or not, you're always going to be tested very early and you always do because there's always a player that's going to test you yeah. and he's going to have a look and he's going to say, let me have a look how serious this guy is or yeah. how, how intent he is. And, and sure enough, that that happens. And it's nice when that happens because and, – and I told the leaders, the, the leadership group at the time, uh, test me if you want. I'd really love it, especially if it's one of you guys that's a, a leader and a captain because you will be made an example of. But I was I, – I cannot complain. I cannot complain because the group has been really fantastic. And like I said, it's been really tough moment. A lot of people on the outside don't realize the pressure these guys are under as well. Yeah, you could say they're footballers, but they're humans and they understand the situation. They understand the consequence and no one really wants to go down a division. You know, Everyone's proud when you're playing football, you're a proud person. You want to achieve things and you want to do well. So yeah, it's been a, a tough season for them and, I'm, and I bet, you know, we're, we're, I'm hoping they have a really, really good game this weekend and then they can have a really good rest and yeah. get started again the next season. Okay, yeah, well, I've, well, not, I don't know if it's comparable with the pressure, but I've been in the same situation with a team fighting against relegation, getting into the playoffs, um, being in a losing streak in the playoffs and miraculously working our way, ways up again and then what I what I recognize as well is that The pressure can all also become too much, and sometimes you need this hard reset. Like in in your case, a new coach, uh, or in our case, we were already defeated, but because of a rule, we got back in and we won all the games and blah blah blah. We we ended up uh, staying in the league, but something needs to change, uh, yeah. or something needs to play, like like be a little reset, or the frustration has to come out. And what I, what I am curious because well, this is again my assumption. But I can't imagine that that you are a coach that once you stepped on the pitch as a head coach, okay, let's see how this group collides. Let's see what kind of intensity I can bring out. Maybe 
what kind of frustration is there within the players. Maybe give them a little bit more freedom, let the intensity go up. Maybe they get into small fights or big fights, whatever. It can be very useful to bring out that part that you need to survive. Is, is that something that you that you that was there or yeah look on on a big believer in 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 competition and i believe when you're competitive you're always looking to become better so i like to drive that you know through all the methodology and the way we train there's there's always a competitive nature to it and the intensity that i demand is gonna instantly bring that along and uh, i believe really if if you're competitive you're always going to look to get better. You know, you win, you're going to look to get better. You lose, you look to get better. How you're going to improve? I like seeing a, a competitive mindset in a person, whether it's a coach or it's a player or if it's anyone in the staff. Um, and I think uh, with the way you can set up training and the way you can make competitive and with the intensity you demand, you're going to bring that. You're going to bring that along, and you've got to. Also, give that opportunity to players to believe that, you know, with their work and that if they are doing what you're asking for, they're going to have every chance to play and show and have that opportunity to be in the, in the starting 11. So there's a demand there and they understand that, you know, I've got to train at the highest level. I've got to train with intensity. I've got to give my best every training or else I'll, I'll let them know anyway. I'll let them know. I'll, I'll I like to communicate that to the players if if I see that it's not there, but uh, um, it's it's certainly needed to happen. But if you if I go back on that first day where I did take over, geez, it was a fantastic session. Um, I think uh, I really think that presentation worked and put in their mind what needed to change and what had to happen, and the reaction of training. Uh, said to me within me that okay we're on track now it's about maintaining this and keeping this for a long period of time right up until we've you know we can survive and and go on holidays the coaches room now has a 14-day trial which means you can have access to all the content all the live masterclasses and all the on-demand masterclasses go to thecoachesroom.com to start your free trial We're still staying. We're still in your Casa Open story. You have a long story as a coach, but yeah. this is this is the the phase you're in now, anyway. And I'm intrigued by it. So, if you look back at, back at it now, what's the main thing that you will take with you wherever you go? So, being a head coach, you took over. What's the one thing that you took away? This is something I didn't know before, but that yeah. really, really really developed myself. Actually, I'm going to answer it this way, and I'm going to tell you that it was a confirmation of a previous experience and learning, and it confirmed to me um, what had to be done. And you do learn from previous experiences where there was a situation um, at my club at Adelaide United where I had to come in again as an interim, and at the time I was a young coach and probably – yeah, very inexperienced at the time, uh, not having uh, the experience of you know, having coached national teams or being here now that I am or having coached in the Eredivisie. And back then, I really believed that, you know, for that short period of time that I had to do it, 
if I really focused on the football and focused on the training and all the tactics and, you know, you, you showed yourself as a, as a football uh, full uh, knowledge, Professional full of knowledge there, yeah. yeah, that was enough. But in the end, it wasn't enough. It wasn't because we're dealing with people, we're dealing with relationships, and it's about bringing people together. And back then, uh, after I went through that phase and I reflected, I always reflect on every situation and I'll reflect again as soon as I'm finished from here to see what I could have done better. Um, I wrote down that, hey, life philosophy is the most important. Actually, I've started during my time when I was coaching with a national team with John Van Skip as an assistant, I started writing a book and it was about coaching. And it's nearly finished. It's nearly finished, but I, I, I never come towards finishing it because I, I always add and I always think, no, this could be better. It's the perfectionism thing that, that stops me from, from finishing it. But I wrote all about this. And the funny thing is that I've stepped into a situation about what I wrote about. And I was able to look at that and say, wow, now I can experience what I'm actually saying yeah. and put it into action. And that's what I did because we can talk about football philosophy, but I think you need to, to know yourself first as a person, who you are, what you believe in, what are your values, who are you as a person, what do you expect from yourself, what do you expect from other people, how you've you really got to be authentic and honest to yourself, who you really are, to be able to create your own life philosophy because without a life philosophy, without beliefs of how life actually works and how you can bring people together, it doesn't matter what football philosophy you believe in. You can be an attack-minded coach. You can be a defensive-minded coach. You won't get through to the players. So I quickly realised from back then that, you know, they're the sort of things you've got to be clear with as a coach before you even start talking football. And then whatever that philosophy is in football, if you get that right and you're really clear with yourself who you are and you've got a life philosophy, you can implement the game. And implementing the game, okay, the game model or your philosophies is something else as well because – and I've heard it before on a lot of podcasts, some coaches do struggle with that as well. Implementation, actually implementing a style of football, that's a whole different caper. But bringing people together and creating a team through your life beliefs and also then a game model and a style of football, it takes work and it takes, you know, managing people and bringing it together. And that's the fun part. I love that. I really love that. And the challenge of doing it halfway in a season is challenging. It's really challenging because, like I said at the beginning, you inherit someone else's problems, someone else's issues that you need to fix. Doing it from from a preseason, from day one, and building it and becoming an architect of your team, I reckon, is what what's fun about being a coach and what's yeah. exciting about being a coach. It when I started this podcast, we're now your episode thirty nine or something. I'm going to talk to all this coach. I'm going to get so much tactical knowledge of, of all these guys and women. But in the end, every talk is more about relationship and, <laughs> and players. And, and well, it connects with me very strongly, but that I said to myself, no, don't go towards that. Stay on, stay on the football side, but yeah. it's, it's only 20, like it's literally only 20% of the job at this point. And even more when you are, in a higher level because there's more pressure there's uh, there there's more factors involving so relationships well i haven't worked at your level but it it seems to me that they are even more important than than at levels that you can make a difference easily 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 with tactics so 
I hope I, I, I am a little bit clear, but um, yeah, this is interesting. And I thought, yeah, no, I'm going to learn everything about any play, whatever. No, it's more, how do you deal with people? Yeah, I think it's it's connecting. It's connecting with people because you, you need to connect with them to to then get them to, to do what you believe in and to get them to play in a certain way. You need to connect with them and build that relationship and and bring them together to start believing also in this plan that you've got in this yeah. game model. And, and you've got to get to know the players as well and understand what they're capable of and to try and get you know the best out of them by putting in place a game plan that will bring the best out of them. Because ultimately, what are you, you're not only creating an environment that's going to have a team that is successful. As a coach, you're also dealing with um, helping these individuals achieve what they set out to achieve and what they set out to achieve as individuals within that sport. And while you're helping them do that, you're hopefully bringing it all together so the team achieves its goals yeah. as well. So you can't do that without dealing with individuals separately and talking to them and getting to know them and understanding what actually makes them tick. And you need you need to spend time with them, talking with them. And, and sometimes it's not even talking football with them, which is, yeah, and just getting to know them and what they love doing on the outside. And you get to know a little bit more about why what makes them tick on the football pitch and, and, and at training. Yeah, and it's, you know, yeah. But when you start first start coaching, I can tell you now, yeah, I, I thought it was all about the X, the O's, the tactics, how we move, three four three, four three three, and showing all that sort of stuff. But in the end, that's a, a small part of it because yeah. Yeah, we're dealing with people. Yeah. So you are helping okay, specifically young players help with the development. Maybe uh, the young guy takes a transfer to a, to a bigger club, which is in your case a success, I think. Um, um, but you are also still, let's say, on the beginning of your career. How, yeah. who, who does help you? Who helps you? Yeah, um, there's obviously people that you always talk to, uh, people that uh, you've worked with and that you can discuss football with, uh, the people around you that work with you, uh, your staff that you can discuss with things and be open-minded and listen and you know talk with them and being really open with them. And sometimes, you know, even as a head coach, being vulnerable in, in saying that, you know, what do you think? You don't need to know everything that, you know, I think having good people around you can help you become better as well. Um, and learning from observing a lot of football or even reading a lot of books and learning from other leaders and, and how they do things. Um, I think it's important to be able to talk to people. There's no doubt about that and have people that you can trust and, and be open to talk with. And there's, there's, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be a, a real experienced coach. It could be a younger coach that's working somewhere else that you've got a good relationship with and you can just be open and transparent with them and think, hey, what do you think of this situation? Do you have any idea about this? You know, or, or sometimes it's even just, um, especially when I was working with a national team and you've got a little bit more spare time during the day and, you know, being able to do uh, Zoom meetings with, with coaches that you've worked with before, one of them being uh, Joe Montemuro and, and our analyst in Melbourne City and getting together and talking about different, you know, football situations we've seen, whether it's Man City or it's Bayern Munich or whatever, and, and discussing things just to develop ourselves and have a look at what we've seen and, 
especially with like-minded coaches that that think of football in the same way I find that really good to be able to spend time talking football and and discussing the type of style of football that we like. So there's there's lots of ways. You've just got to be open-minded and say that I want to keep learning every day and I want to keep improving every day because the game keeps improving, keeps evolving, and you've you've really got to keep up with it. So um, I yeah, think the last just, part I think is very important, keeping up with, with your yeah. knowledge as well because – Well, I can imagine, especially at the highest level, your time is consumed with all kinds of things. And I'm interested, is in your case or in, let's say, a general case, do coaches find time to reflect or do you, do you, do you have a structured way? Okay, let's say every Friday afternoon at two, two to five, I sit down, you, maybe you write your book or you take your notes or whatever, you take a call. Maybe there's a coach that is guiding you. Um, but it, it, I haven't heard too many coaches, let's say the higher they're up, that they have still a structured way of learning themselves. Yeah, look, I think um, you it's a balance between a structured way and a non-structured sure, way. So sure, what, sure. what I'm trying to say is that sometimes, you know, watching a game of football, I don't think there's too many coaches that watch a game of football like we used to when we were kids. You're like never a spectator to, anymore, no. No, you, you look at it completely differently. Like, you don't really enjoy a game of football. Like, you're not going to watch a, an El Clasico between Barcelona and Real Madrid the way you used to 15 years ago where you just w watched it as a fan. You're actually watching it and you're trying to see what's Real Madrid doing, what's Barcelona doing, what system are they playing, Why is he, what sort of movements are they using. What you, you don't look at that anymore like that. Like, I, I watch it with my kids and they'll, they'll be watching the game differently to the way I'm watching it. Um, so that's that's part of development as well. That's unstructured development. That happens just naturally because that's who you are now and you're using that moment to try and see something that might help your team or see something that might help your coaching. Um, but but I'd like to say, yeah, the, the structured ways. There may be, you know what, I might get up early in the morning that I can read for 20 or 30 minutes. I, I won't just read anything. I'll read something that's uh, that's going to help me being because ultimately we are also leaders we're not just coaches we're actually leading a group of uh, a squad of 30 people including all the staff around us to 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 follow one direction and and to achieve the everyone achieving this common goal one of the structured ways i like doing it is i love going for runs and i'm in a beautiful part of the world well in athens i used to love going for a run by the coast here i've got the woods yeah, cool. what better way than to listen to a podcast and learning from other people i love it and um, and a lot of times you know like when i was younger when i was a player if i went for a run i'd listen you know music would motivate me and i'd want to run and you'd probably put that rocky music on and and you'd, yeah, sure. you'd, you'd run a lot faster but now i couldn't think of a better way that if i'm going to run for 45 minutes why can't i learn one two or three things in that 45 minutes that i exercise and i can actually listen to someone teach me something so there's always time and it might not be structured but you could structure it within other things you're doing. So yeah. Well, this feels strict because every time, not every time, but yeah. almost every time that you go for a run and you have the time to run, it's a moment to 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 listen or evaluate or in the morning. It feels it feels structured, sure. Yeah. But yeah, look, even even going for a run, I think uh, it's important that we structure it as coaches because yeah, football can take over our lives completely and and mentally we could be thinking about it for 24 hours, but running takes me away running really makes me focus and you could call it that it's like a moving meditation 
because if I'm listening to a great coach or even just someone that could teach me something, I'm actually focusing while I'm running and I can learn something. And it takes that 45 minutes where it might take you away of that thinking of should he be in the starting 11? Should I put him at right back? Should I put him on the right wing? Who's going to be on the bench? You can do this. Should I play 3-4-3, three, 4-3, four, three, four, three, whatever it is. That 45 minutes is just bliss of just running, enjoying the woods, but at the same time, learning something and it's like yeah. i call it moving meditation yeah well so, for my, sometimes for me running is more moving frustration or, <laughs> what if i fuck you don't run, don't run more often <laughs> you're not tired don't stop keep running <laughs> that's, that's my head my voice yeah. in my head. no yeah. but i i can relate if i have done it a couple of times then i can really um, relate to other thoughts as well yeah but uh no And well, as a coach, you need those, especially when you're in a pressure. Like you said, you need those moments off once in a while, plug off. And um, okay. Um, well, we're already into 50 minutes in already. So we're going. Already, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it feels like the coach's room again. Yeah. But um, um, what, maybe some small thing outside of uh, Cas Open. Uh, Pretty interesting journey from Australia to Zwolle. Um, everybody in the Netherlands knows it, but I don't know if everybody outside of the Netherlands knows this club. Um, maybe comparable to Casa Open as a club. Yeah. A yeah. Yeah. And then moved to, to Greece, national team. Interesting club, whole variety. Uh, what is, could you pick out a thing that, Well, that the, the, the Greek national team learned that, that you learned there, or yeah. some experience that defined you as a coach uh, that you are at this point. Uh, coaching a national team was was a great experience, an amazing experience, um, especially that uh, obviously my heritage is Greek, so it was, it yeah, was yeah. great to be able to listen to the Greek national anthem every time we played. Um, coaching that quality of players, and you know, every national team, it's the best quality of players is amazing and it's a, it's a dream to be working with that sort of quality and I'm not only talking about technique but the ability to take on yeah, information sure. uh, quickly but what I loved most was that it, as the coach it tests you it tests your knowledge it tests your ability to implement things in in a short period of time you have to maximize time really maximize the short amount of time you have with players on the field and off the field and how are you going to put across the way you want them to play that game model that game plan in that short span of time and yes like i said you know you get the type of players that get things quickly but It also teaches you that, you know, when you do come to Cass Open and you've got a short period of time, yeah, you can do things very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I knew straight away, geez, what a great experience, what a great time that was in the national team because it gave you the confidence that when you do come in halfway and, and I said I had to focus on other things, but even from a, a game model perspective and a style of play, bang, yeah. put it in in a way that I would have treated the national team. Different quality of players, of course, but there's different ways that you can help implement and and learn the players and let them develop within what you want them to understand. So um, that was the, the biggest thing I gained from the national team, working that way, maximizing minimal time to implement what we needed to do and to not be afraid 
to to change systems and structures and and so on because it all comes down to the principles you believe in and that if you do things in a certain way and you've got methodologies and way of working that you could really help players understand and learn what you want and to implement what you want so yeah to me to me that was the biggest learning with a national team and um it's it's something that I really enjoyed, but at the same time, uh, it was hard because it wasn't day to day. And I love the day to day stuff. I love that I come in every morning, and every morning, you know, sure. you got to prepare training, you got to spend time with players. You're out on the with the national team it was once a month, six times a year for a short period of time. But those ten days that you spent with the national team, I, I tell you, at the end of it, you felt like you were there for thirty days. Yeah. You really felt drained. You needed a week off like just to relax because it's it's really on those seven to ten days that you're working that they are intense it's non-stop and it's just work 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 but it was, it was a really good experience really enjoyed it so you like you said maybe not the quality different staff but you mastered the process you did it so many times short short period so you could flip on a switch okay now i need for let's say for the first 10 days i need to be in national team mode and get it flowing. Correct. Yeah. Look, yeah. I won't. I won't agree with master. I don't think you can ever master it because I'm always looking to get sure, better sure, at sure. it. But you get um, comfortable in that. Okay, I know a way I can do it, and that's important. That you believe in yourself that I can do this, and I can do it in X amount of time, and I can put it in place now by doing A, B, C. So, and I think you can also, you know, because you've worked in these short time, you know what is, you can easily make the choice. This is important. This is now. Yes. This yes. is later on. Yeah, yeah. Small details, uh, whatever. No, uh, let's look at these th three big things. Those are important. Correct. important. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Yeah. You have to really evaluate and assess and say, that's what I need to work on. That's what I'm going to focus on. And these are, this is the methodology I've got to put it across in a very simple way in a way that they're going to understand and in a way that they're going to be able to take it on board and, and then you just keep building on it and you keep building on it because uh, with everything you do, you need to keep working on it. I think, you know, you need to repeat it again and again and again, and obviously in different ways, using different methodology, but it's the same sort of stuff you're working on just to keep them, you know, uh, fresh all the time and that they're always learning what you want them to learn. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was a great a great learning for me, and it gave me a lot of a lot more even confidence as a coach that you know wherever you go, you can implement things fairly quickly, fairly yeah. quickly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know you're very you, clear. Yeah, very you can clear. know you connect with players easily because you've done it in a short time. Yeah, I yeah. can imagine it completely helps. You don't need a long run up to to performing. No, and then, and then the players themselves get a lot of confidence in the work and the way you're doing it because they're you know you you come out and say I want to do this and we're going to do it like this and they say okay you know players okay let's have a look and then it actually works and they've done it you know within three days and in the first game they're actually doing what we said and they're like this is great it's fantastic because again when it's clear to the players it's just like in the environment having clear rules standards and expectations a game model is no more it's it's the same. It's the same within a pitch that everyone's got a clear understanding of what we're doing in every moment of the game, whether we have the ball, we don't have the ball in transition. And when there's that clarity and everyone understands the role, it makes it that little bit easier because the game is so complex. You know, we're dealing with, with a ball that bounces and we don't know where it's going to bounce. We're dealing with 11 
uh, other opponents that could be doing something that we're not in control of. And uh, like on the weekend, we're also dealing with a referee that we don't know what, what decision he might make or what the VAR's going to make. So at least when you're very clear with your game plan and your style of play and you have your principles, it helps a hell of a lot in what decisions some of the players are going to make. And within that, like you said, the environment has rules and, and standards and so on. And, and within that, you find your freedom. It's the same with a clear game model. You're actually going to be able to find your own freedom within that game model as well. Yeah. So it's no different. That's that's why I really believe, and I, and I said at the beginning, that your life philosophy and your football philosophy really become one. It becomes one, and that's how you bring it to life within within your team. Well, I, I, it almost feels like a conclusion, almost. <laughs> But uh, uh, we're not going to stop uh, straight away. I have two 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 things I want to ask you before we end. The the um, the first question is okay. You've had interesting uh, coaches that you've worked with so far. Some people influenced you, and now I'm very interested. Okay, who do you want to influence? Who do you want to have in, inside the coaches room to influence us? So, who should we talk to next? You know, I th I thought about this long and hard, and uh, and I think with a lot of people that I've worked. Um, Uh, everyone has played a part in who I've become and the coach that I am now. And they're all part of, you know, improving me as a coach and yeah. giving me that confidence and that belief to go and do what I do and becoming the person and finding out the person that I am. There's, there's one person that I've spent a short time with and uh, it was at Melbourne City after uh, John Van Skip left. And uh, he was sent by the city group uh, to be a sort of mentor because I was also a young coach. Okay. And he was Roy Hodgson. Okay. Roy Hodgson. And he left his mark with me. And he left his mark with how humble he was, the amount of experience he had as a coach, how he spent his time in the coaches' room. And back then, Joe Montemuro, who you interviewed previously. Yeah was in the same room and we'd have Joe would be making coffee again in his coffee machine. Yeah, he'd be having many, many coffees, uh, talking football, talking about uh, the way I was going about coaching. And he was just a great mentor to have at the time. You know, without imposing himself and the experience he had, he was just, what a guy to have around. And what what I learned a valuable lesson from him and it was a time when I left Melbourne City and I actually went to visit Joe Montemuro while he was at Arsenal and while I was at Joe's house I was actually uh, going to Joe to spend a little bit of time before I went to get interviewed for Pegs Volley because yeah, yeah. Uh, John Van Skip had asked me to go there as the assistant coach and I said to Joe Joe let's call Roy let's call Roy and catch up with him you know we spent you know all those days with him having coffee let's go and have a coffee with him here He said, okay, let's try to get in touch with him. And where I want to get to is we got in touch with him and he said, come to the training center tomorrow morning, 11 o'clock, I want you there. We, me and Joe, feeling so comfortable with Roy, who we didn't realize, but, you know, in England they call him the, the football royalty. We didn't even realize the, game, the day after. He was actually preparing for a game the day after that was a relegation battle. 
It was a relegation battle. We didn't even look at the fixture. We just wanted to catch up with Roy yeah, yeah. because we, we, we had this great feeling with him. We, we, we spent time with him. He invited us. We spent all day, all afternoon with him, talking football, having co- He actually made us coffee for the, because he said Joe was always making him coffee <laughs> in Melbourne. He, we ate lunch together. I went to his press conference. This guy was preparing for relegation battle and he had the time for two young coaches, two inexperienced coaches, to spend the afternoon with them, talk football, talk life, giving all the advice he could on a situation where at the time I was looking for a club as well. And I'll never forget that. A person at the highest level, how humble he was to help. And I took that from that day, I went, I reflected, I wrote in my own journal that day about Roy. And I'll never forget it because that stays with me. And that is what I've always wanted to be as well to every coach. And I'll always make time for every coach and to speak to everyone, even during, you know, these moments that you you yourself will say, yeah, you're so busy and you are busy, but you need to be making, you know, time for people to help them because that's just the way it is. It's a really tough industry. It's a tough job. And that, that humbleness that he had and that, that love that he had and, the, the ability to, to, to even support us during that, that time, I'll never forget it. And and I'd love to be able to give you, you know, his number and I'm sure he'd be coming on to, to, to have a chat to you. Well, that, that, that sounds like great next conversation. Uh, but for you, um, it is exactly the same. So you are like, uh, you took that torch and you passed it to all the listeners, uh, which, which I, and I hope all the listeners appreciate very, very much. Um, but it's great that's, that, it, yeah, well, I'm impressed by the story as well, that the guy from such stature takes the time on such a day, which is pretty special. I think, uh, takes the time for, for two young coaches. It's an unbelievable story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see if we can get him inside the coach's room, uh, as well. Um, would be a great follow-up. Uh, it almost, uh, my last question would be, you know, what, what would be your last advice to to everybody listening this almost felt like an advice but is there anything you want to add or anything that we missed yeah for me it's just to um really enjoy coaching really enjoy being with people and uh, bringing people together and just be vulnerable be vulnerable to to want to learn every day even from the people around you you can always learn something every day and um it's Like I said before, I love being able to bring to people together through a philosophy of understanding yourself first and not to be in a rush um, because I too was in a rush when I was a younger coach thinking all those things that we spoke about, that it's all about tactics and football knowledge and you know what formations we're going to play and how we're going to train, how good is training going to be. But it's, it takes time and it's a journey of, about finding out about yourself, who you are, who you want to be, and how are you going to create this environment to make people better in and to bring people together to achieve something all together. And it takes time. It takes time. It's a long journey. And and you know what? I'm not saying I found that. I'm saying that I'm still part of that journey. Every and coach even, is still learning. Yeah, 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 we're still learning. And you've got to be open-minded like that to, to be still learning and to really just enjoy, enjoy the journey because it's it's not always easy. And you're not always going to have, you know, we call it success because we, we survived relegation, but it really is. It makes a lot of people happy. But, you know, you're going to go through tough times, good times, and you've got to really 
take that opportunity, learn from it, reflect as much as you can to keep improving. And that's why I said be competitive. Competitive in a good way that you always look to be better and always look to improve. Yeah. Enjoying is also, I think, very important. In the example that you're talking about, Roy, he was maybe on a day that you could experience as full pressure. Everything was there to to find anxiety, whatever, and he it kind of fell off his shoulders and he just took the time for you. Yeah. But it's something that I recognize as well. If there was pressure, I always felt the pressure. And if I now look back at those moments, I didn't really enjoy because the training sessions are not really different. Of course, yeah, there's less pressure and there's a little bit more hard decisions, but football is still football and uh, you should never forget. I think yeah. that's that's also very a very good one that you're saying. Keep enjoying the, the journey instead of the results. 100%. 100%. The result is one thing, isn't it? And a lot of people will always look at the result. But like I said, it's not a PlayStation game. You can you can learn a lot from every game and every performance. And uh, I think the the barometer, your your GPS to what you're doing, your metric to see how you're working is really that performance. And a coach can tell when what we're working on the training track is actually coming to life. Yeah. My stances and expectations are really there. And sometimes the result doesn't show that. It doesn't always show that, and a lot of people won't understand that. But you know, you know when when things are working, and you know that even when it goes off track, because you're very clear with your philosophy, you're very clear with the environment you've created. It's going to come back on track. Yep. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, you have the GPS, like I like to call it the GPS. With yourself as well. Don't change yeah. too much. Believe 100%. in yourself. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Michael. Well, uh, I have the feeling we can go on for hours. It's a, it's a very enjoyable conversation, but um, I promised myself I'm going to leave every episode around an hour. So <laughs> uh, I think uh, uh, I would like to invite you again, maybe in a year or a year and a half to see how you're doing and uh, what uh, what the learnings were then. Uh, are no then. worries. And uh, it, was, it was great talking to you. Uh, I really enjoyed... No, I'm not enjoying your struggles, but I enjoyed how you, <laughs> how you explained how you dealt with the situation yeah. that you were in, uh, and how you managed to well to turn it and and find success in staying up. Uh, so uh, yeah, that that I think is something that everybody can pick out their one thing of. Um, your relationships is, are very important, and the maybe the one thing that is that I wrote down is you are very clear into your players, but I think you're also clear to yourself what you want and how you want to do it. And I think that really is helpful for, for any coach. 100%. And that's, that's part of the, the journey. And uh, like I said, Jan, you know, early on, you don't realize, but it does take time that, you know, you become very clear and you know exactly what you want on and off the pitch. And that's going to be, that's going to help your players. Because like I said, it's the GPS that takes you from A to B and where you want to go. And I'd like to thank you as well for the opportunity for, for chatting well, to you. I've really enjoyed it. I didn't even realize how much time has gone past. So It's going past. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Great conversation. Thank you, Michael. And speak soon. Thank you, Jan. Thank you very much. Bye. 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 If you like this episode, share it with your colleagues, share it with friends, share it on social media, like, subscribe, do whatever you do best and help us grow because the bigger we are as a podcast the bigger and the more inspirational names we can invite to inspire you 
And do not forget to pick up your 14-day free trial at thecoachesroom.com. With your free trial, you have access to all our masterclasses, both the live ones and the on-demand ones. Coaches from top European academies share their knowledge and you can watch it. So go to thecoachesroom.com and pick up your 14-day free trial.